RPN is not responsible for the views, actions, statements, or opinions of its guests, advertisers, or even its viewers. The information contained in this program is not to be confused with medical or legal advice. An appearance on this platform is not necessarily an endorsement. But as always, we encourage you to do your own research. Enjoy the show. Good evening, everyone. You're listening to Red Pill 78. As always, my name is Zach Payne, the Corruption Detector, and this is another edition of Red Pill News for Saturday Night Livestream. Joining me in the studio tonight for yet another fun-filled and adventurous conversation, my good friend and audience favorite, Miss Miriam Hanane. We are going to continue the conversation about the saga of the death of George Floyd and now the near death of Derek Chauvin. Now, for anybody wondering, he was not assassinated. There, There's character limits on the titles. I saw somebody mention it in the chat. No, he's not dead. He's not actually dead. They almost got him. And uh, there's some troubling connections. There's some troubling connections to uh, the person who tried to kill him and maybe some of the organizations behind that attempt. So... Derek Chauvin is in a living hell, and George Floyd is probably burning in hell, but I don't really know. We'll see. <laughs> All right, if you wouldn't mind, please do me a favor. Hit the like button. Hit the red pill. And share the show. If you're over there on Getter, you can hit the screen, hit the like button. And... For some reason, the getter wasn't updated. But sit back, relax, and grab your popcorn because we're going to be right back after this. Hey, Patriots. Are you looking for an America-first destination for firearms and Second Amendment accessories? Well, visit Psy Tactical, where the American spirit lives, breathes, and dreams personal liberty. Visit shop.psytactical.com. That's S-H-O-P dot S-A-I tactical.com. At Psy Tactical, we are America first, veteran-owned. We continue to defend the Constitution just like you. Our wide range of top-notch firearms and shooting gear is exclusively for the American patriot. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, we've got you covered. Join our community of freedom-loving Americans. Find everything you need to exercise your Second Amendment rights. Remember, it's shop.sidetactical.com. All firearms must ship to a licensed dealer near you. Restrictions may apply. It's easy to remember, but hard to forget because it's about America and it's about you. Psy Tactical. Stand tall and stand with the brave Americans past and present to ensure your rights shall not be infringed. Visit us today at shop.psytactical.com and remember to use code REDPILLUSA to get 10% off your order. And when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. All right, and we're back. Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. And please join me in welcoming our returning guest, Miss Miriam Hanane. Miriam, how are you this evening? Howdy. Howdy, everyone. Happy holidays. Happy to be here 
again to talk about George Floyd. That's right. I, you know, I never would have thought that this was going to be the subject that continued to bring us back Thanks. together. But you know what? I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> You know, there's uh, there, there's a lot to discuss when it comes to this case. Um, so, Miriam, it's been a while since you've been here. Uh, why don't you give us a little update on, on how life has been? What have you been up to? Yeah, so I was wondering whether it was really last year when the film The Real Timeline released because you did know about the economic espionage and you were one of the few to take it seriously. So I've been fixing Honey Colony and... Uh, putting Humpty Dumpty back together again. I was in St. Augustine and then they sold the home and I had to move, went to Costa Rica and then tried to recuperate my money, got locked out of the bank of Wells Fargo, had to go and authenticate myself in person, even though they were authenticating me on the phone in order to tell me to authenticate myself in person, (laughs) came back to Miami, gave a talk at reawakened tour. And then in an epic uh, dance move, tore my, meniscus oh no and then was holed up literally in a room for two months you know i used to fantasize about just writing and having food like slid under the door (laughs) so i could write and i was like here you are miriam you literally can't walk you're ordering uber eats and you're sitting across the street from a building called saint george so you better finish your book there you go finished my book and i thought like okay i can detox from George Floyd because it's a little like the Heath Ledger effect because it's so dark and uh, then in all in a month about whereabouts the Supreme Court rejected the case Mm -hmm. so I had spoken to to Derek's new lawyer Gregory Erickson who said it was going to take about two years and then in lockstep this film The Fall of Minneapolis came out by Liz Collin, and then shortly thereafter, Derek Chauvin got shanked. So up until then, as a journalist, I can only bring so many receipts in a false flag, right? Mm -hmm. So I couldn't entertain that this was all fake. But in light of what I have found since this latest chapter, I am more inclined to think it's all an operation. And that includes uh, Derek being a spook. So Oh, okay. Well, I'm interested in this, obviously. Well, you know, I mean, I I think that everybody believes there's got to be a a number of additional layers here that haven't been explicitly spelled out. I mean, obviously, you know, let's go back to the beginning. We've got what is likely a pre-existing relationship or at least knowledge of each other between Derek and George. Uh, We've got George's presence as perhaps some sort of government informant. Um, We've got the situation with his, his kids. Didn't one of his kids get a massive payoff uh, in for his uh, uh, for for the child support or something like that? I mean, go ahead, go ahead. Well, well, Gianna Pink Floyd is the only acknowledged child, but in my book, which has like a hundred times more truth bombs than the film The Real Timeline, I show, for instance, hush money, which what, what I determine it's five million dollars that was issued to a child that nobody knows about and a baby mama. 24 days before George died for $5 million. George would be needing to be making $1.7 million a year in order to justify that. When I did the back pay of what would be owed, it came out to a whopping $46,000. So when I brought this evidence that a PI gave me when I ran his social security number and I did a FOIA to determine whether he was the deceased George that Timothy Jaffet, the attorney, talked about and determined 
know this guy or this social security does work does belong to a George Perry Floyd. So when I went to the courts, I went to child services, I went to the foundation and I said, what is this $5 million order that is attached to a 2007 legitimate case for a baby mama? Uh, so you have to wonder, there are so many other things. And so when, when the fall of Minneapolis comes out and the more truth, the better, but when it, it cherry picks and leave certain things out, like the cover-up at Cup Foods, you have to wonder, is this just a push-pull, left-right dialectic mm -hmm. where we're stirring sympathy for Derek? The lawyer told me, which I haven't seen anyone else publish, that there might be a habeas corpus where Derek will be released before his sentence because it's been shown with the with the help of the fall of Minneapolis. I mean, we knew this, people who were covering the story, I certainly knew it that that the chief Arredondo under oath lied about the maximum training technique. That right. The, they literally left it the image out of the police manual during the federal trial of the three other <clears throat> officers. So there's a lot of strange things if you consider also, Zach, that who told the world that Derek Chauvin got shanked? It's it's Keith Ellison. Keith Ellison who okay. was so yeah. I actually I wasn't even aware. I just like heard of it in passing. It was another thing in the news cycle that day. Um, but is is Derek Chauvin in prison, like in Minnesota? No, he's in so, an Arizona Tucson medium security prison. So so then why was it Keith Ellison, the attorney general of Minnesota, that is the first person telling the world? Any ideas? No, other <laughs> perhaps perhaps all another chapter of a bullshit story okay okay well so if you really consider if we if we like i have calls it's it i did it when Derek got shanked that i tried to what what hospital yeah. so there was a hospital that was named and i called the hospital and they're like who no this person does, is not here i reported it i put it out and then i woke up on the following day and carrie cassidy had sent me a tweet, and it said Derek Chauvin is dead. So I went to look at who's putting this, who's getting this information. Right. So I looked at the handle, and I called the hospital, and I put it out, and then they tweeted to me and said, so much for being a, a journalist with a clown emoji. And then I wrote to them, I DM'd them, and I said, do you know who you're talking to? Like, how much coverage I've done of yeah. George Floyd? And uh, they wrote me a long apology which was like really over the top and it was signed alistair crowdly so it took me a minute at first i didn't see that it was alistair crowley a spoof there is mm -hmm. no alistair crowdly so this was poisoning the well yeah yeah then i went and i i did a, a google search on the map to see how many hospitals are around this prison well there's 12 of them so then i also called the the prison and they acted like he wasn't even there and it was very, very bizarre. When I called the hospital, they could have said, you got the wrong hospital. But they kept on saying, call Monday, call Monday. It was, if you recall, around Thanksgiving. Yeah. They purposely um, put it out, or I believe it came out during a, a time that you can't figure out what, what is really going on. Right. The fact that the family, the mother and the father and the, and the attorney are saying that they themselves didn't know the information, that they learned the information Via Keith Ellison's 
announcement. Wow. See, so then, yeah, go ahead. I, I, and there's, I knew that nobody had called them. Nobody had let them know that this had supposedly happened. I just – all I knew was that they learned from media reports. But to know that it's Keith Ellison that they actually found this from, I mean, that's just really strange. Totally right. out there. It, well, real quick, though, who, this this yeah. this account that supposedly scooped you yeah. and uh, and said you were a clown. Um, <laughs> any ideas about who the hell this is or or did they have any other past history in scooping things or, or are they always putting out misinformation about a variety of topics? They were established in March 2023 when I went, I tried to find a website, couldn't find a website. When I saw what else were they tweeting, just vapid bullshit, yeah. um, just nothing, nothing substantial. And then I blocked them because I figured that they're spying on me mm -hmm. to see what I'm up to because I'm one of the few actually calling. And then I tracked, I eventually tracked down the informant's old lawyer and uh, dug up a hundred page court records of who this guy was no 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 what, specify yeah, though the informant are you talking about the person who allegedly the person who allegedly stabbed or shanked Derek Chauvin okay okay so, now so, be, be, but yeah, before yeah. you got the lawyer before what did you learn about who he was and uh anything that might have made you start uh you know thinking this doesn't pass the smell test besides Keith Ellison and nobody knowing anything the fact that the FBI said that this was a symbolic gesture on Black Friday when this guy I learned was a Mexican mafioso for MA organization and has shanked also a black guy. And everybody knows that gang members stay with their own. Right. They're not going to do a Tursak is also he's Croatian, supposedly, or so Slovenian, half, half white, half Mexican. And so that was another suspect thing. It's like there was a, a post by Miles Mathis who's written a lot about George Floyd. And he says this time they basically, they are the ones, the FBI, that to, that led them to show that this is a cover-up. They themselves have outed themselves by this bullshit. Um, and why do I say it's BS? Because what of substance can you ascertain when the guy, Derek, apparently is now back in jail, we still, a month later, don't know the extent of the shanking. What did he shank him with? Um, the motive. So the motive could be possibly, and I'll get into John Tursak, is that he's been in jail. He's 52. He's been in jail 36 years. Mm. He's been in jail longer than he's been out. How has he managed to stay alive? When I read the court document, I read his agreement with the FBI, where it says your duties will continue as long as deemed required. So for 36 years, he's been an FBI informant from behind bars? Well, let's look at what, what, is, what is MA. What is MA? MA organization is very um, instrumental in bringing drugs into the penal system. Okay. If you consider... You know, what, what I, I have no idea, Zach. I mean, hmm. is he so let's say, OK, let's say he's not an informant. How did he stay alive? Well, no, I mean, that's that's valid, you know, but yeah. I mean, like, it's also weird that something like that would be available to anybody, because if you're an informant and you're behind bars, like you would think that you would be, you know, persona non grata. You're the one that somebody is going to try to kill. Yeah. And yeah. so if 
he did this to gain notoriety, to get some cred and stay in jail. He, I mean, he's moved now. He's moved to another Arizona prison. So the story goes, everything is sealed. The arraignment is next week. He's waived supposedly his Miranda rights. Hmm. And okay, so let's look at who John Tursak is. He wrote, he, he represented himself pro se. And I, I know by now having Mark Grenon in my life of Genesis Church, who was representing himself and anyone who represents himself has a very difficult time. Um, so he wrote a lot of handwritten notes. He says in his documents that the government's not to be trusted. And when he was working for the FBI for an entire year unofficially, and he said that he wanted a new lease on life. He was only 27 years old, meaning he wanted to get out of the organization. But in order to to be an FBI informant, he had to do a lot of bad things. Sure, of In order to get rank with the MA, or I would argue a lot of these um, gangs, you, you have to, he called hits, he shanked other people, he called uh, for other people to carry out murders of um, war, like warring uh, f- fellow members. And uh, he he wore body wires. I mean, could you imagine being like pretending, going back into the gang, pretending and being an FBI informant, wearing all of this, um, recording, getting all this evidence and telling the government, I'm going to have to do bad things. And the agreement will say, you have to be honest at all times. Sure. So when it came time to for a trial. There was a big trial that occurred in Los Angeles, and it was going to be a pivotal trial. The prosecutor, Dan Levin, was trying to get uh, someone the death penalty. It would have been the first death penalty in Los Angeles. He recruited, um, John Tersak was one of the witnesses, and he recruited two other gang members that lied about John And basically, in the end, the government kind of swept him under the rug and they had promised him a downward departure, which is a a friendlier sentence, given all of this that he had done. They gave him the maximum 30 years. So, you know, this question of like, how does he how do you stay alive in the jail system? What role are you playing when you're a snitch? Mm -hmm. What role are you playing if you used to be with the FBI and arguably your contract hasn't ended and will never end. And it even says that he would need to carry out instructions from other agencies. So oh, so not FBI. just the FBI. Yeah, not so, just the FBI. Let, let me ask you this. Uh, uh, have you been able to ascertain, is it normal for the FBI to be involved when a federal inmate gets shanked? I mean, are, should, are we to assume that they're involved because John Tursak was or perhaps is still an informant? I mean, even if that was the case, would that be normal? Yeah, I'm not an expert whether that's normal. I know that I was... You know, I called Joel Gilbert and we, we tried a couple of times to reach Gregory Erickson, Derek's lawyer, together. And we talked a lot. Um, he helped me get some numbers before I tracked down the lawyer. I, I saw the lawyer's name in a um, court document and looked him up and, and, and found him. So I don't think it's normal. I, I bring up Joel because I said, maybe it's the FBI. And he goes, FBI? Why would it be the FBI? But, but it is the FBI. So the fact that they're in, in the fact that they're in charge of this investigation 
with John Tursak when he used to be an employee, mm-hmm. a contractor, is is a little bit bizarro. So this is all bizarro. Yeah. Also, Zach, I would say I tried to interview when Liz Collins came came out with a book because in my way of reporting, I will inhale everything, do like a super exhaustive because I'm looking for those one like little details to connect together. I'm looking for patterns. I'm I'm just looking for some original content and it's become more and more difficult. So when I reached out to Liz, when her book came out, there was crickets and people brought her film, my film to her. And I'm sorry, she she's the one who made the the burning of Minneapolis. The fall of Minneapolis. The fall of Minneapolis. Okay, yeah. So, of course, I don't she was. She is married to Lieutenant Kroll, the, the former union. Um, oh, union yes. Press. OK. Yes. So, so she had access. And of course, it, it reveals a very interesting angle at the precinct three and the officers. So if, if it shows that the precinct, they were left to their own devices. They were calling for help. No one sent orders. They They had to abandon the precinct and risk their lives even getting out of the precinct. So the film shows that, but why did Tim Walsh and Jacob Fry and Keith Ellison and these politicians allow for this to happen? It doesn't go into the bigger thing. And the fact that, you know, the first 10 minutes of watching The Fall of Minneapolis, I'm like, oh, I'm watching my movie. (laughs) It says, I I wanted to take all the footage and put it and and show it for the people. Uh, I did that a year ago. And why are you guys shirking off my film as conspiratorial? So then when I see the right, many people in the right influencers that knew about my movie, uh, isn't it supposed to be about the truth? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, ostensibly. (laughs) But when it comes down to it, uh, quite often, no, it's really, I mean, it's about relationships and payoffs. I mean... I, I feel like everybody needs to, like, uh, understand that just because somebody is, like, propped up as, you know, a, a person on the right or a patriot, it doesn't even necessarily mean that they are. Like, as an example, listen to this. Who was yeah. the woman that did the town hall with President Trump on CNN? Um, the, the brown-haired woman, the, the very first one. And it was kind of contentious, and she had just gotten the job at CNN anyways. She used to work yeah. at the Daily Caller, right? You know, right. I, sometimes I think these people— they just go where they can actually get a job and they're going to say whatever they need to say. Now, you know, uh, in, in the instance like this, it would behoove her and the people who are pushing that movie because they maybe they have a, a monetary interest in it to, you know, shit all over your movie. Right. You know, I mean, like you don't want to see or this movie. movie. Yeah. You don't. It's you don't want to know that one. Shit on it. At least it'd be something yes. as opposed to pretending that this movie that I made, like I'm not some chick off the, the street. I had yeah. a number one movie in this country. Mm-hmm. Like, hello. Uh, so, so, but she's an, you know, Dr. Shiva talks about the not so obvious establishment. Yeah. And this is an Emmy winning reporter. I'm not an Emmy winning reporter. Yeah. I'm an ostracized reporter that got, you know, not no longer with the mainstream. So there's there's a semblance of truth, but it's still not a hundred percent truth. Correct. There's a lot and, and the thing is that oh millions of people have seen the fall of Minneapolis. Okay, that's great that more people have are are not buying this BS race uh narrative. However, again, why aren't we bringing attention to cup foods mm-hmm. or the fact that there's informants involved and what does that what does that mean? Like why doesn't anyone look at the fact that George Floyd was involved in a sting operation the year prior and could have been an informant. 
So they also show in the fall of Minneapolis, they have a call with Derek. So they show a phone okay. on the table and it says Derek Chauvin. Obviously, that's Photoshop because he's not talking on his cell phone. He's in jail, yeah. right? Yeah. So <laughs> it seems he's in the film and Alexander Kang, the black cop, is in the film. It's very removed for me when I'm listening to them. They're, they're talking about their lives. They're behind bars. But there's a sense of just very detached to me that, that didn't bode very well. And, mm. and also, if you see the real timeline, you see the shenanigans that happened in the ambulance. Yeah. And certainly these guys didn't seem like they were in an, in an emergency. They don't even look like they know how to use the striker machine. And why aren't they considered an accomplice in, in uh, George's death? Because they're not cops. (laughs) The cops were the low hanging fruit. And, uh, you know, and, you know, I think another aspect of this, I mean, why they wouldn't want people to know that George Floyd was an informant because, you know, that would insinuate that there was a preexisting relationship. It had to be George. George had to be a martyr. Right. He had to be like, you know, just like in every man on the street for them to pass off the fact that he was mercilessly murdered by these police officers, even though that's clearly not what happened. And, you know, I mean, if they're going to blame anybody, it's just, you know, they they blame the guy who's standing on the street who's like telling people to stay back. You know, that's ridiculous. But they don't blame the people in the in the ambulance, the paramedics who like there was no sense of urgency there. You're absolutely right. It was terrible. Um, Real quick. I got a couple of thank yous I got to give over here on Rumble and on the Foxhole. And White Knight, before I read your uh, your, your Rumble rant, let me first apologize to you. Uh, I, 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 okay, so first you say I wasn't getting on you the other day. I was simply stating that it sure does look like it was all Hollywood. I don't think I'm wrong to question it. Have a happy new year. You're not wrong to question it. And again, I apologize for uh, getting uh, offended. There have been a number of people recently who just dropped into the chat and said, you know, you're a shill basically because you won't admit that Ashley Babbitt's dead. Uh, I understand what you're saying, and I think that there was a lot of Hollywood stuff going on on January 6th. But I think perhaps where we differ is that I believe that it was Hollywood put on by government agencies. So, you know, yes, there were definitely uh, um, – what do they call them? I'm sorry. The uh, uh, the crisis actors, there were crisis actors. Uh, there were clearly agents from a variety of agencies. There was FBI. There were confidential human sources. There was Antifa. But I really do believe that Ashley's dead. And and so anyways, I hope you're still here because I want you to know that I uh, apologize for just going off the handle. It's It wasn't necessarily you. Uh, it was kind of a culmination of a number of different people like picking at me and sometimes – you know, I usually I don't say anything and I just try to let it go. But sometimes it just wells up inside me. And so I apologize. I still hope you're here. Um, TZ Burton says, I just wanted to say, Miriam, uh, I support you and I have a lot of respect for your work and your dedication to the truth uh, with your investigative reporting. Yes, she is one of the greats. That's for sure. Uh, over on Pilled.net. Uh, let me see. Moss Dog 7. Thank you for the, for the cookie. Thank you to Sean Joe for the two cookies. Thank you to Michelle Ann as well. Filter Dog 1 says, hey, Miriam. Uh, Ranger Billy, thank you for the gold pills. Sean Joe, thank you for the cookie. And then also, you just gifted somebody a bronze tier membership. Uh, and then another one, looks like Deplorable Laura claimed it. And then Zenit claimed it as well. WC Cranop says, hey, RP, good to see you. 
uh, Crane Op. Sean Joe, thank you for the for the cookie. Uh, Crane Op just gifted a one month membership. Uh, let's see, Par Five picked it up. Appreciate you, Crane Op. Thank you. He says, see you soon. That's right. You're going to be at Gart Three. Uh, Sean Joe, thank you for the one, two, three cookies. I appreciate it. And uh, yes, have a happy New Year, everybody. And I'm sure that uh, I'm sure it's going to be an interesting one. 2024 looks like it's going to be another dumpster fire. <laughs> Oh, good God. Good God. I wanted to also say the the shot where Tutau is waving at the bystanders and then they all like. Yes, I remember that, that. That is other people that have reacted even more so than I of like, oh, my God, what is that? That's like they're calling it's like action. And when that specific shot was shown to Liz, they kind of like. They're like, oh, that's like conspiratorial. They use that shot in a very um, weird, it doesn't make sense. They throw in that hand gesture. It's almost like a little F you to me. It's like, why are you putting this hand gesture completely out of context? What is that hand gesture? Mm-hmm. What is going on there? Like, wh- what? what is a plausible that it's not conspiracy? What is going on when he all of a sudden says, and they move together? Yeah. No, I, I I don't know. I can't think of anything other than for him to say, hey, come on. Uh, it, this is your cue. Uh, Napkinator79 says, could you briefly explain the Cup Foods cover up? And thank you for a great show. Go ahead. Yes, I would invite you to watch the real timeline and pre-order my book, George Floyd, a multi-layered psyop examined. There is a cover up that's the nexus. It's It is the epicenter. And in my film, I show that Maurice, the man that was with George the last day of his life, that that's another, you know, another like, oh, we never, the family never even bothers to go and meet him. The family never goes and picks up his belongings at his home. Okay. So um, Maurice kept on saying on the street, Mr. Adam knows me, Mr. Adam. So who's Mr. Adam? In my book, there's a whole chapter on cup foods that has been renamed, by the way, Unity Foods. Did you know that, Zach? <laughs> uh, actually, I think I remember hearing that, yes. <laughs> Unity yeah. Foods, yes. I mean, the, that's another F you. Yep. It's, so, it's like we did a whole psyop to divide you, and now we're going to call the epicenter that nobody knows about Unity Foods. So in my film, I touch upon who is Mr. Adam. And uh, in my book, I go way further and explore the relationships between Cup Foods and the cops, because those cameras across the street were put there to keep an eye on Cup Foods because it's in the middle of a blood's territory. Mm -hmm. So also, what is the relationship? What's the underlying thing going on here? A Mexican cartel money laundering fake fentanyl operation with the complicity of the government and now we have this MA, like Derek Chauvin worked for El Nuevo, which had arguable ties to the Sinaloa cartel, but he also worked for another club called MA. And there was also tax evasion charges. So mm. obviously in my book, I have an extensive, and I pulled up the, the, the chapter, but I have an extensive chapter on Derek and then looking at the tax evasion and what happened. So for instance... There was the finally the trial, and I called, let's say this is 2021, the attorney general. This attorney general that I tried to contact had historically taken drug trafficking cases. 
So when I looked at the cases that he had defended, I'm like, oh, this is a good guy. Maybe he can tell me if this tax evasion stuff has anything to do with the Mexican cartel. So I called him in May. He died in March. Mm. And his obituary, it says, died 66, left behind six grandchildren and six (laughs) great-grandchildren. And to me, if you look at, and I've bolded in my book all the instances of 66s, 17s, 22s, 33s, uh, because it keeps on coming up. And at first you might think, oh, this is conspiratorial. But those of us who have looked in enough of these false flags see these signatures because it's like, we were here. And only some of you know yeah. that we were here, but we were we were here. Uh, so I never was able to find out Derek was found guilty of tax evasion. But what is this all this unaccounted money? Mm-hmm. You know, if anyone's seen, and I've probably said this on your show before, it's the Ozarks on COVID. This was the Ozarks on COVID. What happens when all your legitimate operations are non-essential and locked down under a pandemic? Well, you got to burn shit, Mm -hmm. burn evidence. And that's what they did. Wow. Wow. I can see it. I can see it happening. Um, <clears throat> okay. So let, let's talk a little bit more about uh, Derek's lawyer. What have your question or what have your, your uh, conversations with Derek's lawyer um, uh, been like? Have you spoken with him since like Derek has come back into Gen Pop? I mean, uh, has he had any comments on Derek's condition? We have, I have not been able to track uh, Gregory since Derek went back into prison. Supposedly, he returned into prison and the family didn't know themselves, which is hard to believe. Again, it's hard to believe that Keith Ellison is the person who announces this to the world. So Gregory – It's almost gleeful. Like he's he's telling the world like as a celebratory type of announcement. Well, he expressed actually – he expressed um, sympathy that no one should be – he didn't get the death penalty so – we should uh, care for Derek's life. The, the L.A. Los Angeles Times came out also with an op-ed that was very sympath- sympathetic towards Derek. So what we're seeing is the pendulum swinging because we're going to want to foment some more. Like, let's make a prediction. Do we think that in 2024 there's going to be some, let's say, vindication for Derek? How can he... Now that we know, or the public knows, officially, you could say, because of this film, that they lied under oath. So there is habeas corpus. If the lawyer is telling me habeas corpus. Now, Gregory then went on to go on CNN and MSNBC, and he lost a little bit of cred for me. Um, in you know, It made me think like, oh, yeah, this is a psyop, because... Would CNN put me on, on, would they, would they interview me? No. Oh, so what, it, why is this accepted? Where is it? How is it that it's, you can go and do a search. There's nothing on Derek. What's going on? How is there not a follow up? So I've done a FOIA with the FBI and with the prison bureau to see if there's any video. Others have done FOIAs as well in, in trying to glean what the F happened. This happened in the law library. And the arraignment is next week. So uh, the hearing, the initial hearing was, uh, I think he waived. What, what's his deal with, with uh, the FBI now? Yeah, yeah. 
<clears throat> well, I mean, it's certainly a, a worthwhile question. Um, so, so you mentioned that the prison doesn't seem to recognize that Derek is there. You couldn't find him in any of the, the, I of the hospital. I can play. I have the calls. Okay, they yeah, let, let's calls. hear it. Because, I mean, you would think that Derek Chauvin, I mean, he'd be like, the, he'd be the highest profile inmate in there, probably. So, like, who wouldn't know that Derek Chauvin was uh, w- was hanging his hat there? I have to find it on Twitter. It's in my first Substack. So I've written more than I know anyone who's written about John Tursack. And when I called the, let me just give me a second. Um, okay. When I called the lawyer of the informant, John Tursack's old lawyer, he said, you know, since you've called me, there was an NBC journalist who called and she was getting stonewalled. She seemed surprised. Obviously, she doesn't know what's up. But um, so she was she was getting nowhere. There, there's been no real substantial information on who John Tursack is. What? So, I mean, it's possible he wanted to stay in jail because he had a hit on him. Can I put this in the chat? Uh, in the, yeah. Well, yeah, you can put it in the um, in the Zoom, the Zoom chat. Yeah, I can pull it up. Uh, okay, hold on. Let me let me pull this up on another screen here. And here is who can pause. Okay, and then let me pull it up on the right screen. You're not going to. Not that's the wrong one. Um, there we go. That's the right one. Hold on just a second. Let me get us on here as well. Okay. And then the chats. And where is it? I think I, I shared both calls that I made. Okay. So, start with this. All right. And. <clears throat> okay. No, that's the wrong one. Okay. There we go. Okay. Now, um, I don't know if you're going to be able to hear this, Miriam, but okay. um, hang on. So it's a, it's a nearly an eight minute call. How, how much should I play? And should I begin at, at start at the beginning? Um, I have to. There's two calls. So. Mm. I'm con- which one? What does this say? This one is eight minutes. Oh, actually, there's you've got the other one. Well, no, I mean that looks like the no. Yeah, one of them seven minutes fifty one seconds. One of them seven minutes forty forty five seconds. Or no, it's the same. Maybe it's the same. Yeah, it's the same one. Seven fifty one and seven fifty one. Yeah, they're the same call. Yeah. Okay. Oops. Oh, I sent the. Oh, sorry, I copied the wrong. Well, you can st- if you want to start playing it. Okay, I, what does I will. it say? Does it say, it says, say medical center? Call or? with Tucson Medical Center. Yes, yes. Okay. Here we go. Yeah. Gonna just be limited information because of HIPAA. Okay, HIPAA. Yeah, whatever. So, yeah, he's a very public figure, and there's rumors that he's been pronounced dead. So I'm just trying to get a. So who can I speak to? I can connect you with the emergency department. You can ask to speak with the charge nurse there. Okay, that'd be awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. One moment. Hello. 
Thank you for calling the emergency department at TMC. If this is a medical emergency, please hang up and call 911 or go to the nearest emergency department. Please make note, the emergency staff cannot give out wait times or medical advice over the phone. TMC emergency department. Hi there. Happy Thanksgiving. I'm a, a journalist and I'm trying to get some information on the status of Derek Chauvin because there are rumors that he's dead. Um, just a moment. Thank you. TMC emergency department. Yes, hi, ma'am. I think I just spoke to you. I, I need. To, I'm on a deadline, and I'm just doing my job. Can is there someone who I can speak to about well, the status I of can't Derek? Give any information out? You're not allowed. Um, no, I can't give any information on anyone. Yeah. Uh, um, but I mean, I, I can't I, be the only reporter calling. So what? What's uh, I don't even know who you're talking about, so... <laughs> Derek Chauvin with George Floyd? Maybe he's not even in oh. the hospital. Maybe it's all fake. Might be, because I don't know anything about it. The FBI... You know, Bob Barnes recently did a, a talk on the corruption of the FBI that, that deals with instigators, informers, and in infiltrators mm -hmm. and saw this with with january 6th some of us with our own eyes so let's say if you look at maurice which at first i thought I, was i know in it's okay i'm sorry no my my board stopped working again so, oh, and so oh. i don't know what the hell the problem is guys i don't know if it's the board i don't know if it's obs i don't know if it's zoom i just know that something is wrong and it started yesterday and i haven't been able to figure it out um Real, I'm sorry. I'm, so I'm going to ask you to go back and just say say that again because I was preoccupied trying to sorry. figure out what the hell was so going on. So I, I was saying recently Bob Barnes gave a talk. You could find it on YouTube on the corruption of the FBI yeah. that deals with infiltrators, instigators, and, and informants. And initially I suspected, you know, why did I do a FOIA on Maurice? Because I suspected that he was an accomplice. But then it turned out that he was being used and – I in, interviewed a DEA investigator for my book that said a lot of these times the people don't even know that they're they're unwitting informants. Okay. So then you have if you have uh, rookies that are legitimately new newbies, um, these officers, and no, not everybody knows the extent of it. And if they said this is an operation, but George Floyd wasn't supposed to die, if he himself didn't know that he was going to die, but some people know he's going to die and they know at the 10 minute mark, it's going to go off on, on me, man. And so in the movie, the fall of Minneapolis, because I'm the one who brought attention to, um, I'm scared as fuck when it goes off on me, man, when I, it goes off on me, man, I'm going to stop. Um, I'm going to stop breathing. Like there, there was one line that was like, what is he saying? When it, what goes, what goes off on him? So they brought in that line, but they put it in a, in a different context. Mm. They didn't, they didn't put it, place it in the context of like, are these lines? I'm going to choke. I can't breathe. W what is going on? So 
he says i'm scared as fuck when this when when this stops breathing when this stops working my it's gonna go off on me man and it's like what is gonna go off on you mm -hmm. so what is what if some people don't know the full scope of it now in the federal trial of the three officers there was i think her last name was mackenzie her job is to sit in on live exercises and they say that sometimes these live exercises can be very real and their accidents can occur. So if this is designed in the multi-layers, it's also the duty to intervene live exercise. And you it's almost like designed like a Gordian knot, like should they have treated him on on the scene? Should they have loaded and go? Was the was the crowd were the bystanders disruptive or were they helpful? According to some, they were more helpful than the cops. According to others, that's the reason why they were on Park and 36th Street, and that's why they moved. So it's designed, it is a, it's, a, it's also a live exercise. The, the amount of legislation that has occurred that no one's paying attention as a consequence of George Floyd, Joel Gilbert just sent me, um, there was, I don't know, I think in Seattle or somewhere else, another another state where three officers, it was like the same scenario and they were just dismissed and nothing, nothing occurred to them. Right. So why, why it's just also very weird, Zach, that Derek is there looking straight into Darnella's phone and continuing after the guys clearly passed out. Right. Mm -hmm. That's also very, very bizarro. It is. That's so weird. Okay, um, so Are you still I, having issues? I am still having issues. You guys, um, give me just one second. I'm going to uh, attempt to do this software update. If this works, <laughs> if this works, everything should be fine. If it doesn't work, then the stream may stop and we're going to start again real quick. Okay, so just uh, just sit back and uh, and we're going to see what happens. So give me just a moment. What's my direction? You just sit, you just sit tight. You just sit tight. Okay, so I'm going to play the uh, the mid roll. We'll see if this happens. So recently, I've told you guys about a breakthrough new anti-aging remedy that I've been using that keeps me energized all day long. I just take a teaspoonful of C60 Evo olive oil in the morning, and I notice better mental focus, flexibility, and physical endurance. Now, it's rare to feel improvements this quickly. I also end up sleeping deeper at night, so it's really helpful. Their peptide and ESS60 hair and lotion renewal formulas are exceptional because they really work. And C60 Evo's lab has been manufacturing this Nobel Prize winning miracle molecule for 32 years in their Houston, Texas Patriot-owned lab. ESS60 is the upgraded version of the Carbon 60 molecule. It's specifically made for both people and pets. It's a potent and effective way for people's lives to be improved all around the world. So maximize your health and enjoy noticeable results with C60 Evo organic edible oils, skin serums, and pet products. You can buy with confidence from C60 Evo, and you can use my personal code for a discount at checkout. Simply go to c60evo.com forward slash redpill78. And then when you're there, use code redpill78 for an additional 10% off your entire order. Once again, that's c60evo.com forward slash redpill78. And when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. Testing, testing, one, two, three, testing. Okay, I'm back. Okay. All right, sweet. So it worked. It worked. Excellent. Awesome. That's <laughs> Let, great. Yeah, now let's just hope. 
We should know if everything continues in the way that it's supposed to, then we should be good. Okay. Um, <laughs> God. Okay. All right. So, all right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Awesome. All right. So, <laughs> oh, gosh. <We're> grounded. <laughs> oh, now, I, well, I guess the real proof is going to be in the pudding. We'll see if uh, if everything goes the way that it's supposed to. Well, that's rather painless. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I mean, ideally we wouldn't have had to stop, but um, it, uh, yeah, I, I guess hopefully everything continues to work as it's supposed to. But it's, um, oh God, it's stressful, right? Because it, I have no idea why it's happening. That's the only thing that I could think of. Like, maybe that's it. But um, yeah, uh, we have a, a super chat from uh, Fredo. He says, wasn't Tursak of Czech descent? Is that normal for Czechs to join the Mexican mafia? The whole thing seems crazy from start to finish. Zach, you're muted. Yes. Hopefully we just addressed it. Yeah, I don't know if it's Czech or, or Croatian, mm-hmm. but he's half half. So I think the mother is uh, is Mexican. Mm. It is it is bizarre. We also don't have a mugshot. The one image that came out looks more like a passport photo and i don't know whether that's him uh, again like i said the 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 case is sealed very conveniently and uh if you call, when you call the prison i have another call to the prison where they don't even acknowledge that derek chauvin is at that prison what <clears throat> hang on is that the other message that you sent yeah yes. uh, well i hope it's the other one i, I really wanted to play the other call but I couldn't find it, or I don't know if I... Is it the same call that I sent limited? you? It is the same yeah, call. He's a very public figure. Can it just be limited okay, information? Can it just be limited? Yeah, yeah it's I, the I'm same trying one. to find it. Information because of... Okay. But anyway, that's to answer your question. Is it is it normal? Is it normal to let half-whitey go, go into... Um, MA organization? I don't know. The whole, um, but you know, the people, some people said, like Miles Mathis, who's reported on this, says it's all fake and that Tursak isn't really a person, but that's, you know, I spoke to his, spoke to his attorney. He hasn't been in touch with him. And also, John Tursak, which I say, and I, I did a seven part series where I go in depth about his involvement with the FBI, what he was expected to do, this case with, Dan Levin, where um, he was he was basically thrown under the bus and got a ma- maximum maximum. We know this guy is not a fan of of uh, the government, and he's not. I don't know. He had he was going to be released, Zach, in twenty twenty six. He had three years to go after a thirty year, and he just threw it all away. Yeah. So that he- Stay in jail. Yeah, I mean, attempted murder in prison. I mean, do they charge you in the same way? I mean, so he's probably looking at another decade plus, maybe. Yeah, who knows if it's a high profile? Yeah, there's three counts. Um, I don't know if you could put up pull up any of my Substack. Um, Yeah, I definitely could. Um, If you pull up one, and then I list all the parts, we go back even to the first or second part. For the first part, for sure, I, I outline the the charges. And I think, like I said, the arraignment is on the 4th of January. And where is this going? What What's the what's the outcome going to be? Of course, it's to, to have sympathy. Like, I have to, I, I texted you 
before, like I have to remind myself that some people still think this is about race. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of funny that the FBI said that it was a symbolic gesture on Black Friday, like if it was Cinco de Mayo or something like that, because he's a Mexican mafia or if it's on the uh, anniversary of the uh, bombing of Sarajevo or right. something like that. That might make some sense. But OK, there's the word black in Black Friday. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> that in itself could be construed as a racist comment. Yes. Yes, it could. <clears throat> OK, um. Real quick, Fredo says, I looked it up. John Tursak is an American prisoner of Czech descent. His parents are from Czechoslovakia, which was dissolved on December 31st, 1992. So, yeah, weird. <clears throat> where is he getting this info? Uh, from, oh, I, I don't know. Fredo, to, uh, where did you find that? Um, so we, There's a Wikipedia page now on John Tursak? Uh, there might, I mean, there might be, you know. <laughs> um, and then S18 says, uh, forgive me for not following everything regarding this topic, but I'm curious uh, Miriam's opinion on her reporting of and Candace Owens' documentary on George Floyd. Great interview. I haven't seen Candace Owens' documentary on George Floyd, so I can't comment. It looks at, again, it's like, let's make these movies that look over here, look over here. And so it's a, it's it's looking at the um, monies, where where did all the monies go what did they fund all of these nonprofits during this election year in, you know, money laundering nonprofits? That's what they do now that we all know that these nonprofits are laundering money and, and uh, are crooked fronts. So what did I think of the film? I mean, I, I, it's it's OK film. Uh, I, I remember when I brought my trailer to Candace and next thing I knew she was making a documentary. So I don't know. Um, <laughs> again, <laughs> These people um, are not acknowledging a another film. I'm acknowledging all the all the films, and she did bring to light that uh, the family never went to pick up George Floyd's belongings. Doesn't really entertain or question why would that why would that be? So I, Therese. And uh, there's two people that lived with George Floyd. So I spoke to Teresa, one of the roommates, and she went to the funeral. I don't know if I've shared this with you. And I said, so did you go, did you speak to the family? And she said, no. I said, why? Like, All the celebrities were around. And I said, did, do you think that Chad and Tatum took it out of the goodness of his heart to show up at this funeral and slap off the face diaper? Or maybe like <laughs> Hollywood was, was 2020 and he got a gig. Who knows how much he got paid to show up at that funeral? And then they can use the celebrities as to why nobody went to to, to talk to the people that lived with George <sighs> Floyd. Like again, if you have a loved one that's passed away, would you go and get his memor his or her memorabilia? Would you go and speak? So why didn't they speak in my movie? I show that they never spoke to Maurice, and I think Ma Maurice felt that he was left out in the cold. Sure. Another. Another instance of showing this is fake and phony is the day that Alexander Kang got sentenced. It was 930 in the morning and I was on the Zoom call because, as I say, this is how we conduct justice today via Zoom. And Judge Cahill wasn't there yet. So I was sitting on the Zoom computer and then someone tweets at me, ABC, send, says Alexander Kang sentenced to three and a half years. And I respond, um, the hearing hasn't even begun. Mm -hmm. They had technical difficulties. And so I'm like, let me guess, 
when they postpone it in a couple of hours, he's going to get three and a half years. So isn't that an instance of this being written in a sure. script? How do they know he's going to get three and a half years? Yeah. Oops, yeah. Oopsie, a little premature. <laughs> Somebody's got an inside baseball on the whole situation. Uh, let's see. Also, uh, Red Pilled RN says, I worked in hospitals for a long time. And whenever media would call about patients, we would just deny that they were even there. Uh, so I wouldn't read too much into it. Uh, and then Fredo says, I got it from this website. And let me go ahead and pull it up. I will send it over to you, Miriam. Yeah, please. Mm. The lawyer told me that he's Croatian. <laughs> Okay. Con, Conan, Daly. Conan Daly, John Tursak oh, biography, 13 things. Okay, I want to see where they're sourcing this info. Hang on, let me. And is there a photo of the guy? Um, so, you know, I, there's um, been a couple of times where I've tried to go online and find information about people that um, – you know, I thought might be out there. And uh, quite often you will find websites that just make stuff up. So this is by Abdel Jibri Omar. I don't know who that is, but hold on. Let me pull up his. Uh... Hmm. So these are the articles written by him. I, I, I don't know anything about this guy and don't know anything about Conan Daly, but. John Tursak, it says, is, is an American prisoner of Czech descent. His parents are from Czechoslovakia, leading to the birth of the Czech Republic and the Slovak Republic. Uh, although Tursak is not Mexican, he became a member of the Mexican Mafia, uh, a Mexican-American criminal organization founded by Luis Huero Buff Flores in 1957. Tursak is 12 years younger than Mexican Mafia leader Mariano Chuy Martinez. When Tursak was 26, he became a Federal Bureau of Investigation informant. His work resulted in the indictment of more than 40 alleged Mexican yeah. member associates. Yeah. Uh, Ters- can... Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, I go ahead. To pull out my – I mean I've written like a whole series and I've interviewed um, his attorney and looked at the court documents. Uh, so wh- which article would you like me to go to? I've got the USA versus John Tursak on yeah, screen. Yeah, we can pull up that one and then in that one I list – I don't know if I can see the screen. Um. I can, uh, yes, I can make it so you can see the screen. Uh... This case. Okay. Do you see that? Oh, yeah. Yes. So the you can scroll down. Yes. You can also maybe go to the first one. Uh, if you scroll back up, sorry, the first one would be like if I go to your the main substance. No, no, in that <clears throat> list, it says John Tursak gets shank or Operation George Floyd. John Tursak, yeah, it's listed the top. It says John Tursak gets has shanked the perp in the past. Derek Chauvin, the truth about John Tursak. Oh, you okay. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Right here, this one. Those are all other articles. Oh, there's a picture of them. Yeah. Yeah, that's the picture I found. Okay. But again, I, I, it's, it's all elusive. 
His his um, his uh, nickname was Stranger, and his lawyer told me that he was half half Croatian, half Mexican. Okay. So he was incarcerated at the L.A. At Los Angeles County Jail. Tursak ordered hard candy stabbing for another gang member known as Sharky from Latin Kings because he was associated with the rival MA member Chewy Martinez. Tursak also greenlit the shanking of a guy who went by the name Diablo. And in 1995, he greenlit a hit on a black guy with the last name Diggs and the moniker Crusher. Tursak had a physical altercation with Diggs in 1991. This only bolstered my beliefs that stabbing Derek in the name of Black Lives Matter is a horseshit narrative. <laughs> His file describes interactions with characters like Black Dan, Peewee, Puppet, and Night Owl. I don't know if you could go. I can't see past that, but I, I really go in depth way more than the Conan Daily. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I will read this because I will read anything. No, no, it's in... okay. It's okay. We'll, uh, I, oh, would... I want to read it because I want to see if there's things that I've, I've, uh, picked up on. Mm-hmm. He was in the Pelican Bay prison. And as he, he got released, he was just 27 years old and he had already been working in an unofficial manner for a year and then got $2,000 a month as an FBI. He, he made, he was paid, right? It's not just an informant. That's a good amount of money getting mm. 2000 bucks, which he did for, and then this big Chewy Martinez case, like I said, when it came down to it, um, the prosecutor had a, um, had a vested interest in these two other informants and kind of threw him under the bus. He also, Throughout the years of the 36 years has been in prison in North Carolina, in New Jersey, uh, in California. He wanted to get back to California. I write about how he wrote to the prison. He wrote to the government and then complained that they were stealing his mail, that the mail never even got there. So he's not a fan of the government. He says outright, but at the same time, would the MA organization take an informant for the FBI, right? So regardless, how has he stayed alive this long? Well, I mean, that might be part of his his deep cover, you know? I mean, if he's, like, so open and honest about hating the government, but then at the same time he's collecting checks from them, you know, maybe it's just part of his character. Maybe. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was collecting checks and maybe he started hating the government, after they screwed him over and they gave him the maximum sentence and he was honest and said, like, I've done this. I mean, they had recordings that he was wearing body wires um, and then saw that he, even though he was honest and imagine, like, think about it. He wanted to start a new life, mm-hmm. whether that's realistic, that's a different uh, consideration. If, if it's realistic of him, if he was naive at first and thought he was going to get a brand new lease on life with the F- FBI. All right. Hold on. I'm trying to stop this so I can bring it back over to us. And let's see. There we go. There we go. Okay. Um, Well, Miriam, it is uh, time for us to take some calls and see how the audience feels about this. So let me just see if there's anything else I got to give thanks for over here. Um, Uh, 
Okay, so I think... Sean Joe, thank you for that. Uh, W.C. Cranop, he says, I'm learning all over again. Shade Man, thank you for the can. Akira says, it's a great way to end the year. Miriam is one of my favorite guests. Happy New Year, Zach. Happy New Year to you as well, Akira. Uh, thank you to Porpoiseful for that cookie. W.C. Cranop says, snafu, Zach, keck, yep. Uh, Sean Joe, thank you for the cookie. And then Filter Dog one thank you for the can. Okay. All right, so let me get the call information pulled up here. And uh, we can get you guys in on the conversation. Um, there we go. Okay. And enter full screen. Okay. Invite. Copy. Your mom sent me an email. Oh, did she? <laughs> so cute. She was asking me about methylene blue. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's great. I sell it. I'm one of the few that sells methylene blue. That's awesome. Okay. There we go. And here is the details. I'm going to drop this into the chat here. Okay. And there you go. And then throw it up on screen. I, I would uh, invite the person who sent you this article, I would invite them to check out my Substack yeah, articles. Yeah, definitely. Fredo, uh, <clears throat> I'll pass out the uh, the Substack as well, and uh, you guys can check that out. Okay, there we go. And then here, let me drop the link to your Substack. And uh, obviously, Miriam has been a prolific journalist on a number of topics for quite some time, so... Sure, you guys will find all kinds of interesting things in there. There you go. And okay, cool, cool. Um, somebody's asking what year was Muffin Gate? Um, Muffin Gate, I think that was uh, 2019. So four years ago now, almost five What's years Muffin ago. Muffin Gate. What's Muffin Gate? You don't know what Muffin Gate is? Um, I don't know. Maybe I do. Mm. Okay, so I was interviewing um, John Mark Dugan. And, you know, he's in Russia and it's like 12 hours ahead, basically. <clears throat> so very early in the morning for him. And uh, I was uh, standing at my house uh, in Michigan and the dogs were underneath the desk like they I had beds set up for them. And so that's where they would go. And so they started fighting and they almost killed each other. And I was like, you know, hey, 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 trying to get them to stop. And uh, anyways, it, it became known as Muffin Gate. And John was like, oh, my God. And then he was like and he just kept going. It was like the m most pro moment I've ever seen. Um, so, yeah, pretty funny, pretty funny stuff. All right. We've got our first caller on the line. Let me bring him in. Uh, okay, caller, you're on the air. Make sure you mute your stream. Caller, caller, you're on the air. Make sure you mute your stream. We've got our first caller on the line. You're here. You're on. It's okay. Who are we talking to? Yeah, well, you're the only one on the line so far, Freya. So go ahead, buddy. Good to hear from you. Good to hear you, too. You know, I've been waiting all night to have a beer. <laughs> well, thank you. Appreciate it. Conversation. <laughs> Finally, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't let the food Nazi hear such things. <laughs> well, you know, you know, I have a history. Anyways, it's all good. Uh, well, I you're... love your guests. Hey, I live in Minnesota. 
Minnesota. And I watched that whole stuff, all that stuff unfold the whole time. And, you know, to be honest, I felt for, for about the first two weeks. And then uh, there were some obvious things that just became, you know, you just knew it was bullshit. Yeah, the whole thing, it did. It was like, you know, one thing after another. There, there was a, I was in Florida at a, a Mark Farina dance uh, dance party in Tampa and there was this I was sitting on the steps and it turned out the guy beside me was from Minnesota and he had filmed precinct three on uh, Snapchat and then all of his footage disappeared and it scared the shit out of him uh, they deleted all of his evidence <laughs> um, evidence oh, that was even worse than that yeah um, all the stuff that gets posted on Facebook you know, I have like 500 friends and uh, all that stuff that time, nobody uh, gave me a thumbs up or nothing. Uh, I average on an honest uh, post, you know, something that's, you know, nothing political or anything. I I, I average about, uh, you know, about 100, 150 people that see it. And, it, you know, and that was one of those times where I was like, what the hell is going on? I started posting about about George Floyd, and nobody was seeing it. Nobody at all. Yeah, I know how that feels. I, I know how that feels. Um, there was also, I did an interview, and uh, someone, a pilot, it was the beginning of the Rona when they were locking down. So it was leading up to Mar- May 25th, and uh, they were putting him up in, like, swankier than usual hotels and he was so he went to three different hotels one was in St. Paul I don't recall the two other places two other states and he said the top floors it was all like gang members and he said they look like gang members to me they look like thugs so what were they doing in these hotels well they were getting ready to destroy the country in a uniformed manner so I think that when when they released all those prisoners, remember during the Rona, all the just oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I always wanted to look into that. Story. Yeah, Have yeah. Your your best friend, the uh, what's his name, the George Soros guy, uh, released everybody. Yeah. yeah. So maybe they served the purpose. Keith Ellison. Oh, I always thought that they let them out because they knew that they wanted riots. Right, there you yeah. go. Yeah. Well, well, you know, there's so many other things. You know, uh, you brought up Keith Ellison. Nobody ever talks about, I mean, Minnesota should be like, a, you know, Mike Lindell. I, I know he must have something up his sleeve for this state because this state is the crookedest state next to California or New York. I call it Mordor in my book. <laughs> to your order. <laughs> And everything outside that circle, well, well, okay, so like uh, a 50-mile circle around those around the cities, everything outside that circle, they're all awake and they all know what's going on, but our, our local governments just ignore everybody. Yeah. Doesn't matter. I posted twice in Minnesota, in, in Minneapolis, uh, or Minnesota on Craigslist 
I think probably Hennepin. I'm looking for anybody that can give me information that George Floyd and Derek knew each other. Both times within half an hour, less than 30 minutes, the post got flagged and removed. <laughs> Our state, Minnesota, has so much contempt for their citizens, I, I feel. Look what they did to our flag, our Minnesota state flag. What did they do? They just changed it to look like the uh, Ethiopian flag or something like that, didn't they? <laughs> no, Somalian flag. Somalian, Somalian, yeah, African. No, anyway. you have to look at Elon stuff Omar. Up. I'm not making this up. It's Elon a big Omar. deal. Everybody's talking about it. Yeah. Yeah, I, there was, in my book, I talk about the um, mail-in ballots. It was an election year. I, I talk about what they did with the CARES Act and Elon Omar and the crookedness of the of the ballot um the ballot farms uh, getting getting Somalians to vote there's a lot of corruption yes in in Minnesota you know being watched that movie about about uh was it your movie you know, what was the name of the movie the other movie that came out recently the fall of minneapolis about, yeah the fall of minneapolis sorry uh and I've, I've uh, watched your interview. This is my second time watching your interview. I think I talked to you the first time, too. Did you but watch anyways, the movie? Did you watch the real timeline? That's a no. That's a no. <laughs> no, I probably have. I just, I watched, no. you know, I'm a retired oh, military guy. No, and this year, this year, we can't go ice fishing. So, I mean, I should have been busy for the last three, four weeks. So I've watched a lot of stuff, and uh, I can't remember half the stuff I watch. Zach is like a full-time job just watching his stuff. <laughs> That's right. right. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> I'm very, very familiar with all the local uh, folklore, let's just put it that way, without getting canceled. But uh, your work uh, really inspires me, and, and, and I feel so bad for – uh, the Chauvin situation, you know, and you, you're saying that he's part of the big, you know, conspiracy. Well, you know, you're probably right. Yeah. But at this point, does it really freaking, we all know that it's, you know, a conspiracy one way or the other. It doesn't really matter. I mean, I like the way you get into the details. I guess it does matter because, you know, but, I think the truth uh, matters. I, I think that's exactly it, that you start talking about characters and we're now living in a game called your life. And it's, on my opinion, this point, my research, that it's this, all a At this point, it's so easy. It's so easy to recognize that big sham one way or the other. And I'm glad you're out there to, to put the stake in the heart of the vampire. <laughs> I don't know if I'm doing that, but well, you know, you're trying anyway. That's for sure. Well, let's hope it could turn into that. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. But anyways, I'll let you go. I know you got to get on to other callers by now. You probably about twelve. We've got line. yeah, we've got several. That's right. Well, listen, thank you, Frey. Okay, I appreciate I your call, make, buddy. I wanted to make one more comment, if you if okay. you allow me. Yeah, go ahead. To, you know, uh, you're. Your guest, she's a very attractive woman. And I hope that people don't hold that against her. Wow. <laughs> I oh, certainly hope that's not. That's interesting. <laughs> wow, that's, a, that's an interesting comment. 
All right. Well, thank you, Freya. I appreciate it. All right. I'm also 50. (laughs) How about that? God bless. That was a compliment. That was a compliment. Good, good, good. All right. We'll see you soon, buddy. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Okay. And next caller coming in. Uh, Let's see. Caller, you're on the air. Can we get your name? Oh, is it me? Yes, it's you. Who is this? Oh, hey, Mimsy. Mimsy, welcome. Mimsy, how you doing? Hey, doing fine. I guess your streams are different off of uh, Rumble and Peeled tonight. Oh, well, um, the, the um, yeah, the, uh, the, there's a delay. There's a delay, so. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I was confused. Um, Miriam, thank you. Uh, truth does matter. And whether we find it out five years from now, ten years from now, truth always matters. And I'm glad she's digging into that. Well, I'd like to say something. Sorry, I would like to say something that there's a lot of people that are giving you 80% truth. And it's good work. But it's not 100% truth and nothing but the truth. So there are some called tries and they mix truth with lies. And it's, it's part of our job as a journalist is to discern what is BS and what is real. And it's, it's purposely designed to be difficult to make that distinction. And so the truth does matter. So go ahead. Sorry. No, no, you're, you, you've nailed it. Exactly. Um, The next situation I have, I've, I've moved out out of Columbia, California and stuff to Arkansas. Cool. And I'm in this great little community. It's not, I mean, it's like 20 miles from me. But I just now learned that the George Floyd family is opening a center in this small little town of about 13,000 people, conservative from everything that I've seen since I've been here. And they're opening like a 30-bed unit and some call center and some bullshit. Sorry, my language. You're good. Don't worry. Don't worry. Sorry. (laughs) Bullshit stuff. Um, and again, this town, apparently some years and years ago or something, I don't know, it, it got dubbed as the most racist town in America or something like that. It's not anything I've seen since I've been here, but, you know, anyway. Um, so I think that's their plan and I'd like you to, you know, find out a little bit more about that. Um, yeah, I about can. the funding of it. Um, it's in Harrison, Arkansas. Harrison um, and Harrison. Harrison. Yeah. What's it called? The center, the George Floyd Center. Uh, yeah, I think it has the the uncle is behind it all. It sounds like an excellent opportunity for money laundering. Are the Clintons yeah, involved? Well, yeah. well so- and apparently the towns are trying to the towns trying to fight it, but they bought land not right in the town, so it's private property. So they're like, hey, you can't tell us what we can and can't do. Um, but it just, it's interesting to me what I think, I personally think the plan is, is the infiltration of all of our small communities that are conservative, and then they want to take those over. So I think this is coming to many other places, because they've even made that statement, they want to bring it to other communities across the nation. Yeah, all of our small conservative communities. Yeah. I would say, you know, it's, it's about incrementalism. It's about, Mm -hmm. 
they do things in increments, incre like over years where, where some of us are just, you know, frogs, we can see that we're boiling and we're calling things out. And they have, mm -hmm. if you read about Tavistock, and uh, I, yeah. I offer a I have that book. <laughs> yeah, the John Coleman book that's $5,000 on Amazon. Um, <laughs> the Tavistock Institute book is one I have. I don't know if it's the $5,000 one. But... Is it by John Coleman? Um, I'm not, I'm not real sure. So it is, and I've got gold. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not a book I, you would want to sell, though. I can imagine. No, I yeah. I offer the no. PDF for as little as five dollars on my website because it was five thousand dollars on uh, on Amazon. So in re in reference to what you're saying, well, the the foundation made a lot of money. All the players, you could tell who's real. Like for instance, Chris Martin. I interviewed him. The boy that took the twenty dollar bill. How about his black life? He didn't make any money like Darnella Frazier that made 700000 So wow. in writing the book, I came across a Tanner George that claimed to be the real father of George Perry Floyd. So I called hmm. the um, George Floyd Foundation. I called twice and there was no response. And then I left it, I called again. And I'm like, I've been commissioned to write a book and I would really like to have a, some comment in regards to Tanner George. Well, they called me in hours after I said that. And uh, she said, you're not allowed to use the word. She did. She just completely overlooked my question about this guy, Tanner George. And she said, you're not allowed to use George Floyd in the headline. And, and I huh? was on the phone and I said, uh, what? <laughs> you say that again? I'm just going to record this because I don't allow you to record it. I'm like, oh, let me get a pen. So I was walking back to my office and by the time I said hello, she had hung up. So the truth is that in June 2020, there was an Asian man that bought the um, the trademarked George Floyd. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So then it was this Floyd family, which that in itself, you could say words of who are these Floyd people. They mm -hmm. trademarked everything under the sun from keychains to um, slippers Everything you can imagine, um, educational series. So the word George Floyd is trademarked. And uh, so I said to her, are, are you saying that in the United States of America, I can't use a very public name like George Floyd? She goes, that's right. And that's when I said, let me record this. So this is in part this, uh, they even did a PC, PSA, the sister, Bridget Floyd, did a PSA, or they, you know, someone acted like George, someone acted like Bridget, and they're reuniting. So by saying stories over and over again, you make them real. You make these people real, just like we talk about our favorite Game of Thrones series that are very intricate and feel real, that it's the same thing with these characters and the repercussions to others um, is very real. The duty to intervene laws when you have a rookie that's now expected to push his senior officer, his boss, out of the way and and meddle. And when you consider also, by the way, that Thomas Lane res like tried to do comp did press compressions on his chest, chest compressions, mm -hmm. and still was sentenced to not doing enough. Anyway, so I, I think this has to do with the foundation and and they, it is infiltrating because George is a martyr and he's been likened to Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. 
So I guess I should infiltrate that center if it gets open. <laughs> That's right. Do, do some uh, do that. Do some uh, some yes. some volunteer work and report but back to us. I have to, to like try to pretend to follow what their ideology is first, and then the 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 Church of Saint George. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Go ahead. That might be an idea. I may just have to do that and see what I can dig up. <laughs> well, in the but yeah, in if the, you can find out about the funding, all of that. Cause I'm if you can get me, excuse me. If you can get me the name of the center, uh, I've written that it's Harrison, Arkansas. So I'll look at, I'll look at it. Yeah, if you just because that's somebody just mentioned to me. I'm having a place built, and one of the contractors said something to me about it. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me! And they're like, oh yeah, we're really up in arms about this, and. So, oh my God! Well, you guys better up in arms. Up in arms. Meanwhile, Maurice Lester Hall, who's black, last time I checked, is in jail, and nobody gives a crap about him. How about his black life? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I just found something. I just found something. Charity spearheaded by George Floyd's uncle breaks ground on housing project in Harrison, Arkansas. So if it's a project. yeah housing project, it's low income housing. I mean, real estate where's the where is where the money is, guys. So uh, the charity organization Hope Twenty Nine, the word Hope and the number yep. twenty nine, all one word, broke ground on a project called the Gateway Harrison. The goal is to build affordable housing, a call center, and a community resource center. However, they do have obstacles to overcome, namely diversity. The recent census data, <laughs> recent census data, census data shows that Harrison is 95% white, 3.6% Hispanic, and 0.1% African American. One of the people spearheading the project is Selwyn Jones. His nephew is George Floyd. Despite the diversity challenges, Jones thinks Harrison is the perfect place to start a movement. This is what the change is about, man, said Jones. This is what change is about. Hope and change. The project hopes to build 30 affordable housing units, start a 50-person call center, and a community resource center. Organizers aim to help people from marginalized communities. But Liz Darden, Harrison City Councilwoman and co-founder of Hope Hope 929 – I don't know if that's a typo or if it's a separate organization that's also assisting, says it's not just about race. Our mission with Hope 929, okay, so maybe the first time it was a typo. Hope 929, is is 929 the area code there, Mimsy? No. No? Okay. No. All right. No, it's 870. Eight, seven, okay, okay. Um, so, uh, do, 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 okay, uh, okay. Historically marginalized, or, I'm sorry, our mission with Hope 929 is to provide tools to historically marginalized groups so they can have an opportunity for a second chance. So that sounds like maybe they're going to be moving people in like some sort of reverse gentrification mm-hmm. to water down the yes. percentage of white people. Because, I mean, honestly, that's if, how I see it. yeah, I mean, that's, that's what it feels like. And then but but here's the thing, you know, I mean, like. You know, across the United States, there's actually more poor white people than there are uh, other groups. So, I mean, like historically marginalized, depending on the definition, could mean specifically uh, minority population or it could mean just poor people. But, I mean, what is the uh, the, uh, the socioeconomic makeup of Harrison? Is it like, you know, uh, middle class? Is, is there like, you know, lower income areas? Is it is it wealthy? Um, I would say kind of an average from what I what I've seen. Um, okay. 
fairly rural. I mean, I live about okay. Okay, so so rural. So town. all right. Are all there right. tax breaks in the housing? Why did they pick Arkansas? Is he That's, from Arkansas? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm new here and, and just trying to, you know, I, I went to one of their quorum courts and couldn't get them to even understand that elections have fraud in them. Yep, <laughs> yep. Those, you know. um, I, maybe they're starting to open their eyes. Um, that was about a year ago that I tried at hmm. first. Anyway. All right. Um, <clears throat> well, so I, don't, I don't know enough about the communities really to speak uh, intelligently about the, the demographics and all that of it. Well, I can only say what I sort of see. Um, I don't see homeless people on the street. I mean, okay. I've only seen like one person at a Walmart parking lot with a begging sign. Um, so, so it's so, not like it's a rampant of problems. I, I mean, I would imagine, you know, in, it, like, you know, like, like Arkansas, mostly rural, you know, I mean, it's probably yeah. not. You know, people with McMansions and stuff like that. I mean, it's going to be no, like mo- no, no, modest no, no, homes, no. maybe, you know, modest. people with some land, maybe maybe farming, you know, maybe uh, yeah. houses on the older side uh, and probably, you know, a couple of uh, nicer suburb developments or something. But she continues and says historically marginalized includes people who have been disenfranchised, people overcoming homelessness. That's interesting because you just said that you don't see homeless people there. So. Maybe yeah. they have had a substance abuse problem in the past, but are ready to make a new way for people who are in a lower poverty bracket. People need hand, hands up, not just hands out. So, what about the drug problems there? Have you noticed any anything? And why would you? And why would you pick a small rural town and not say inner city where it's just rampant with problems that they? could use their millions and millions of dollars they have sure or or even or even like you know towns that are on the outskirts of more metropolitan areas because obviously you know the drug problems are and and the homelessness and the crime that's going to filter out it really sounds if he's from there what what, what's the no 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 it doesn't look like no there's any connection Mm -hmm. I, i think that the liz liz darden is that her name Yes, Councilwoman yeah, Liz Darden. The connection yeah. and people, because I saw it on Facebook, some comment about it, and a lady said, um, well, I think she's gone now, thank God, or something mm. like that, you know, gone from our area. So I don't think she's even in the area anymore, but this is still moving forward. Well, she's she's the co-founder of Hope 929, so she's still got an economic interest, even if she doesn't have a, an electoral interest. Um, let me see. <clears throat> she continues and says uh, there's no better place to start than in Harrison. And despite the pre- and that's despite the city's previous reputation, which I think was the uh, the racist thing you were talking about. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, thank you, Harrison for giving us the opportunity to bring such an impactful situation to your town. Liz says in a time where everyone needs to seems to be divided, we need something we can all agree on. I think it's absolutely important to meet people where they are, see for themselves and what their experience is like, show some empathy and understanding. And that's what it takes. It's communicating, educating, motivating. And for Selwyn, more than three years after the death of his nephew, we asked what George would have thought of this new project. And he says... We've talked about the impact that his death had to do with the world. The whole world for three days was screaming my big sister's boy's name, George Floyd, and that's changed. 
That's the ability to make a difference. That's the ability for us to sit here in Harrison, Arkansas, and say that the Gateway Project, our first inaugural one, will be here, and it doesn't get any better than that. And think about that, man. George Floyd's uncle comes to Harrison, Arkansas. They say they hope to have two projects in every state when all is said and done. That's a a, a big money drain right there, let me say. Because, I mean, you know, if this was if this is a this is a housing project, I mean, it's probably Section eight. They're they're probably going to be getting money from the government. This is definitely a money pit here. Um, Yeah. On this. It made me think it made me think of like he, George, grew up in CUNY homes in a federal housing project. And then historically, when you have these federal housing projects, they're good areas to recruit informers. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The the DA invests. I would like um, to look to see who else is partnering in in funding. I've got another partner here that they mention oh, at the end. Uh, they've partnered with a company that manufactures the wall in Harrison. I don't know. Well, is there some famous wall in Harrison? But I mean, it sounds it sounds like a nod to like the border wall, like you know, like <laughs> like uh, just a, a cute little uh, tip of the hat. They hope to be done in a year. So this was. This was just in October that they broke the ground. There's a lot of good information in here, Miriam. I'm going to send this yes, over to you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's also when I finished the book, and I was like, okay, I'm done. And then this whole, I'm like, oh, my God, just when you're finished, they pull you back in. It's like I have to continue. Obviously, I want to. to, to. Volume two. Yeah, you're going to have to. Yeah. So this this is, a, this is a, an incredible piece of information because – I mean, obviously, everybody's looking to monetize nowadays, and it's it's already crazy enough that they trademarked everything that you could ever possibly make with George Floyd's face on it. It indicates that every single time you see a product related to George Floyd, the family is cashing in on his death right. in one form or another. And now they are setting up generational wealth for the George Floyd uh, for his ancestors, right? For for families, because this is this is honestly how you do it, guys. Like when I first when I first started making YouTube videos, everybody that I knew that was like you know from the world of business, they were like, "Zach, you got to get into real estate. That's the only way to make money." And I was like, "Well, I, you know, I don't make enough money to buy into real estate, but maybe someday I'll think about it." And uh, and obviously that does that's totally not going to happen now <laughs> because I'm no longer on YouTube, but. This right here is something that you see often. I mean, look at President Trump. He made all of his money in real estate. Everybody who's anybody who has money and wanted to hold on to it, they buy rentals. They become a slumlord because then, you know, they've got money coming in. And if it's Section 8, the federal government is just throwing money at it. Yeah. 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 And then also down the line when when decades go by and you see murals and statues, how do you deny the truth? Of yeah. course, this guy. Come on, they made a statue, yep. right? Yep. They put a mural. Let yep. alone the, the the lightning struck it, but that was cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So so they they make they make they make the the history of the United States now about George Floyd, and then they remove all of the actual history of the United right. States. Before yeah. we know it, George Floyd's name and face is going to be on housing projects all across America. Yeah, and then and so, probably name a school after him. Yes, yes, they'll probably name a school after him. Uh, maybe a, a scholarship at uh, an Ivy League institution. Um, 
the uh, the other thing is with putting a housing project into a city where it doesn't seem to be a need for one. That right. I mean, that means that they're going to be importing all of those problems that you would find at a housing project in, you know, say like Chicago or uh, New York or something like that. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, like I say, give it five years, five years, and we'll start seeing the negative impact on the community. Yeah, certainly, certainly. All right. Well, listen, it was great to hear from okay, you. Thank you, you so much for the call. Uh, gra- a lot of good information. Really appreciate it. Yes, thank, thank you. you thank you. All right. Have a great night. You have a great Miriam, I can't wait to hear what you dig up on the uh, on the the George Floyd Memorial Housing Project. Um, Fredo said, I can't really vouch for that website or the author, but the info he posted seems to line up with most other accounts. Uh, so I don't know, but I'm not trying to spread disinformation. LOL. We definitely. No, I don't. I no. don't think you're, I'm just inviting no. you yeah. to check out my work on John Tursack. I think that you'll like it, Fredo, for sure. Uh, And then Fredo also says, great interview once again. I'm impressed with your research and knowledge, Miriam. Uh, I'm looking forward to you uncovering that George Floyd is Corn Pop's son. (laughs) Happy New Year to all. Uh, And then Trumparella just said monetizing. Well, thank you so much, Trumparella. I really appreciate it. Um, We've got two more callers on the line. Let's go ahead and bring in the first caller. Caller, you're on the air. Make sure that your stream is muted in the background. All right. All right. Can Welcome. Yep, yep. We've got you. Who are we speaking with? This is Colin. How you doing, Colin, brother? Colin, good to hear from you, buddy. How you been? Woo-wee. Let's put it this way. I just want people to realize how much work, and I think, Zach, this is just shows how blessed you are. You just illustrated what goes on in research. Mm-hmm. And... This is what I want people to know is that it's only by your dedication, um, both of you. I'm talking to both of you. It's because of that dedication. And when when I heard you say, no, 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 I still want to read it. Now I know you're a true researcher because it doesn't matter. Nuggets can come from anywhere. That's right. Yeah. And you get the pieces together because you're willing to go find those nuggets. And, And to me, this just, I don't know, you haven't, I don't know if you've spoken on this, but I just believe that. You're guided by Holy Spirit, both of you. You know, the ones that are really doing it, we have to. And yeah. I think that's what the truth is. That's the truth of, of everything that's going on. It's a separation of the wheat from the chase. You know, who's going to rely on God and who's going to rely on mammon, which was what the whole COVID shot was about, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you see my book, it's a 500-page book that took me three and a half years to write yeah. every single night. Um yeah. And it's a brilliant, it's a page turner. And I, I hope people will pre-order it and support my work. Um, it's a little frustrating when you see, you know, well-known people that had my movie that didn't do anything with it. And yet they're embracing the fall of Minneapolis. For me, that's really close to the truth. Uh, I'm probably one of the few that can say uh, something's really off here because they would be looking at all the information, not taking the footage and like, oh, shit, let's make a movie too. railroad this woman and just ignore her. That's what she wants. You know, that's what how to get to me. It's just completely pretend that I don't exist. You know, and, and maybe you're not familiar with my work. I directed Vanishing of the Bees. I'm banned on Venmo, Gmail, PayPal, GoFundMe, Instacart, Amazon, Bank, aired on NBC, like... Oh, is that average? Is do does that happen to people? 
No, but, but but look, that doesn't negate the work that you did. It was a marvelous. It was marvelous. I loved it. I, as soon as I heard you, you know, we, last time we talked, I think on the show with with uh, with Zach, and I remember I went right away and watched it. It was marvelous, incredible. Oh, thank you. So I, that's why I wanted thank to, you, you know, take this little moment to, you know, to give you guys a hug and just say, look, uh, it's because of people it. like you that, that it's getting out there, and it will always look. It's like the sowing of the seed, right? You know, some was was brought up by the the birds, some you know dried up and so on and so forth. There was only one, but that one that it got through to is where it needs to get to. The rest of the people are blank anyway. They just go, oh, well, it was nice, and that's it. It was that moment. It doesn't cause them. So the people you're after anyway are the ones that are following Holy Spirit. That's it. It's true. I, I definitely feel like you know I recently did a series on anthrax. And I was just going to write a 1,500-page piece for the Tenpenny Report looking at, you know, when Wuhan got shut down, Pakistan signed a deal with China regarding bioweapons, weaponized anthrax. And at the same time, in July 2019, uh, leading up to the Rona, before Diedrich got shut down and there were these weird vaping illnesses. Anyway, I started looking into... And I wrote, ended up writing like, what, 40,000 words, like a seven-part series. And during it, I'm like, why am I doing this? Like this, I don't get any money. Who, like, who's going to read this? It's on my Substack. The day that the series came out, they did a literal live exercise on anthrax in Ohio, where Bataille Memorial is, which is CIA lab, where they have uh, weaponized a- anthrax. Mm. And then I found out investigative journalist George Webb has been like there's still so much regarding anthrax and it's like the perfect bioweapon anyway so i do feel like i just trust it right now i'm writing about synthetic milk and um i just things that like i just get the yes you know look into this because it does take a lot of time i didn't want to spend mm-hmm. and a half years on george floyd right <laughs> it's uh there's other there's other things i'm really into transhumanism covering that that is you know still hot and heavy as everyone kisses elon's ass <laughs> yeah that's a good subject that's what a did great you, subject what did you think of the alex jones zach what did you think of the alex jones uh, elon musk space did you listen to it i didn't listen to it I yeah you know i just um you know i i feel yes. like alex jones is like you know one layer of the um like uh, you know the the of the alternative media, he's now – I think David Icke was right on when he said that, you know, these guys are now like the accepted alternative. And, um, you know, I mean it's great that Elon brought him back. You know, I mean I think there's a lot of other people that they also need to bring back. You know, there needs to be just kind of like a general amnesty I think for people um, because so many people lost their accounts for really nothing. You know, I mean all they did was speak out against the mainstream. And, um, you know, I just – it's just it, it is what it is, basically. Right. Yeah. I just figure that, that I just figure it this way that God can use anybody. Yeah, it's, it's true. It, it's it's not who's saying it, but what's being said. As we said, the highest form of spellcasting is telling the truth in an untruthful manner, and that's what they do. And recent they give you eighty percent truth. They give you they do good works work, but they're not giving you the full scope. And I think the same thing is happening here you know the actual actual evidence that is 
in my book leading to this all being a psychological operation with many layers. Like, for instance, one of the characteristics of a, of a false flag is finding training, right? A training. So in the 340 emails that I got private private uh, investigator between the government and the MPD. So I'm looking at emails that no one else has laid their eyes on and I see certain things. And then I saw this training day that was dated for May 29th, which is the day that Derek got arrested. Well, on the training day, he's on it. <laughs> and the other lieutenants that are listed end up being lieutenants that are testifying against him. That training day got canceled. It was a driving, having to do with driving. So then I'm like, who put this training on? Oh, it's the Dakota Technical College. The Dakota Technical College where um, Derek graduated, not as a cop, but as a cook. What is the Dakota Technical College doing? Of course, they don't respond to my many calls to ask, what was this training? Then I look at who funds the Dakota. Oh, look, it's Ecolab. It's our, it's a Planned Parenthood. It's our friends. The usual suspects that fund this shit over and over again. So those are the kinds of things that you'll find in my book in great detail. 500 pages is a lot. And, you know, so I can only yeah. do certain justice. You know, there's a whole other, you know, in, in writing the, the amount of detail and linking and, also, the citations in my book, when the publisher is going to put it in footnote, a third of them are now 404. So if I was told, Miriam, mm. go write this book today, I wouldn't find a third of the stuff that I found in real time back then. Because they've taken things, I mean, any one of us who does content creation, who does research, has encountered oh, yeah. the 404s, right? Mm -hmm. The wazoo. Memory like, holes. Even now, the Wayback Machine, now the Wayback Machine, it could still be in the Wayback Machine, but then when you go for the the capture, it'll go to that general page of that website. It right. will no longer go to the, have you noticed that? Oh, yeah, definitely. And I've even seen things that I archived on the archive machine, or the Wayback Machine, and then they'll remove the archive. So you can't, you can't see it at all. Like, they've completely right. removed it from the internet. Yeah, I mean, thumb drives, thumb drives, thumb drives. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's all. That's all I've been using ever since it became affordable. Uh, that's all I use now. In fact, it makes it allows my operating system to work a lot faster. Find out too. Um, yeah, look, I, I, mean, go, but, um, I have thumb drive with all the <laughs> exhibits that I purchased from the government here. Yep, back carry up, it back on up my person. That's how you got well, to do it. I think you're wonderful. I think you're Thank incredible. You, uh, I got to go because I got to uh, finish watching my. My dog and myself. Um, okay, Zach, did you get the list? No. When when did you send it? I sent it today. Oh, well, you know what? I haven't checked my email today. But knowing that you sent it today, then I, I, yeah, I'll go and check yeah, after this. Comes, it comes from Truth Mongers titled "The List." Okay. All right. Cool beans, man. I'll I'll check it out right after this. All right. Blessings. God bless blessings. you, brother. We'll see you. Uh, and then Fredo says, uh, I wonder if Noble Gold is making a commemorative George George Floyd coin. It wouldn't shock me. Screw those guys. Hit the thumbs up. Yes, please hit the thumbs up. I appreciate it. We've got one more caller on the line. This is probably going to be the last one. But Charles, you're on the air. Can you? Oh, actually, he's still joining. So while we're doing that, let me say thank you to a couple of people over here on the foxhole. Let me see. 
Uh, Porpoiseful, thank you. WC Cranop says, Zach, I'll see you down the road. Filter Dog One, thank you for the can. Sean Joe, thank you for the two cookies. Gambera, thank you for the phone. Filter Dog says, was was St. George Floyd under five foot, the casket? He was a tall guy, and uh, I I don't I actually didn't hear that the uh, the casket was shortened, but that's interesting. Charles, you're on the air. What's going on, buddy? Hey, not much. Simplified guy. Good to see you. Um, yeah, when you were talking about low-income housing, I'm going after Community Corporation of Santa Monica right now. Yes. I've already, fi- I've already filed a, uh, an abuse case, an elder abuse case because I'm 64. Yeah. And they just had bed bugs in, in, the, in the laundry room. Oh, God. And we got, we got three unvetted mentally ill meth smokers up in here. Yep. You know, I got black mold in my bathroom. Mm-hmm. And my cat, my cat, that pedigree cat's getting chewed up. Mm. And <laughs> when you talk about low-income housing, this is the way they do it. Yeah. yeah. They go into your rental agreement, and they take all your renter's rights away in that agreement. Once they strip you of your renter's rights, my apartment's over 50 units, and I have no full-time manager, none. Oh, wow. It's this, And it's so difficult to get any any justice, anyone, like this is not only happening in California, and California is actually a lot friendlier to um, to tenants as opposed to Florida, where, you know, my, yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off, but it's, you know, the fact that even you're living in mold is, is so, these people don't give a shit. They just well, collect money. Well, the way they do it is they take your renters of rights away from you in the contract. So when you go like, and then every time you get a lawyer, these guys are taking backdoor money to get you to settle out of court, and they're getting the backdoor money. Meanwhile, they're collecting part of your your settlement. Oh wow! And all the attorneys are friends, and it's all a. Um... I mean, even legal aid is involved in the scam. You know what I tell people in the building? I say, quit signing your documents. Okay, because these people are under the oppression that you don't pay any of their bills, they don't pay their rent, you don't pay their mortgage, you don't pay their salaries, when all the money that comes in is on your signature. Mm-hmm. Okay, and once you stop signing those papers and you have a, it's like a rent strike, basically. You're denying them the government funds. Oh, wow, okay. You know, because they can't collect unless they have a body. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so- like the shelter system. They can fudge the numbers a little bit, but if they come in and inspect and you say you got 150 people and there's only like 100, they're going to get you on that. Yeah, sure, sure. So, you know, and so well, all we, the governments are tied. The whole government's tied in. The whole city council, most of them are own real estate. Well, you know, that's that's what it was just saying in the uh, in the article about Harrison, Arkansas. That woman was on the city council, and she's the one who's opening the brand new housing project. So, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't surprise me. It's the whole system is one giant grift. No matter where you're at, the government is so corrupt. There's another thing too. These organizations are taking loans from banks to build new low-income housing. Oh, wow. why is it profit taking a loan from a bank? Yeah, you know, they, they, I mean, it's all. I mean, and right now they in California, they've already got the homeless industrial complex. In LA County, now they're building the low-income housing industrial complex. Yep, yep. Yeah, it's part of the Rona regime. It's part of Agenda 2030. It's part of the New World fucking order. 
Yep. Uh, I'm sorry, Charles. Black mold is not good for your health. Hey, I, I, I'm not. I I I, I have my down moments, but they, they. I'm the type of person you don't know who you're dealing with. Nice. You know, I was raised nice. to stand up and fight no matter what. Give them hell. You know, fight for it. Good. You know, and the just reinforced what my father told me. Yep. You know, and these people doing this stuff, they know what they're doing, and then they'll act stupid in front of you. Mm-hmm. What I do yeah. is when I talk to these people, I don't give them any respect. I call them out right to their face, and they say, oh, you're disrespectful. I go, dude, you're insulting my intelligence by acting this way. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and they, they just run away. Yep. You know, so now I got the VA coming down on them. I'm going to have next year. I'm going to hit. I'm going to hit the uh, what do you call it? The health department, because I know they're trying to sell this building. And if they have anything like black mold or roaches or anything in this building, bed bugs, it, it stops the escrow. Good, good. <laughs> you know, I know that for a fact. Unless they're taking money in the back door, you know. Well, which wouldn't surprise me at all. Oh, man. Well, I'm really sorry that you're still dealing with this. I know you had told us about this uh, the last time you called in, but um, it's just it's got to be a living hell, man. Well, I, what I'm trying to do is get people together in the building, man. Yeah. Yeah. Tell what I know, you know, and <laughs> I mean, the, the the crazies in here kind of toned it down because a lot of us got got tired of it, you know, started <laughs> giving a little pushback. Sure. And uh, um I mean, I'm just afraid of going after these guys because they got a long list of people for this apartment. Sure, of course. Yeah, if they think that you're a problem and kick you out, then, you know, they've got somebody else to fill it. I think you're probably right. I mean, organizing as tenants, like putting together some sort of a tenant association uh, and demanding that these problems get cleaned up. I mean, I think that's the only way that they would do it. I mean, if you guys came together as a big group. Well, I tried to get a hold of a, a, a what was that legal Le- something legal legal aid is the only one I know of. It's a MAGA organization. There's a, there's a uh, eviction um, association in Los Angeles. I know because I had mold and I got sued by my fucking slumlord ten, um, landlord. Excuse my language. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they're like I'm the one standing for my rights, and then I get sued while I'm ill from mold um so there's an eviction association they're in downtown los angeles yeah but i have to go through santa monica to get there they got everything locked into santa monica oh yeah all all your all your federal vouchers are locked into their system here Mm -hmm. they they cut out bash it completely from everything here you know i have to go directly to the va to make any kind of complaints to get here so, I mean, it, it, yeah, but when I was in LA court, the amount of people that were there dealing with slum lords, dealing with bed bugs, water damage, mold, uh, unacceptable conditions, and all the lawyers are all friends, and it's just one big club. Yeah, it's cocaine and cookies behind the scene. Yep, yep. Probably. Absolutely. The the um um the thing about going after these guys is not only not only they 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 got the contract locked down, I get caught smoking a cigarette in here because mm-hmm. the lawsuit I'm not supposed to in Santa Monica. They can kick me out for it. Oh God! 
But every time they come to my door, I'll leave it. I'll leave it. light up my pipe or light up my other pipe. You know, <laughs> I don't care. You know, that's crazy. That is nuts, man. Uh, all right. Well, listen, Charles, we're at the end of the show, buddy. So we got to bounce, but stay in touch, man. And I, I wish you the best of luck. And if I hear anything about any uh, possible organizations that could advocate, I'll, I'll say it on the air. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you, right, Miriam. Buddy. Thank you, Charles. Right. Happy well, New Year yeah. to you. Look into the eviction organization. All right. Something you. eviction something. Okay. All right. Uh, brother. Thank you. Have a nice night. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, Charles. We'll see you next time, buddy. All right. Um, let me see. Uh, final thank yous over here on the Foxhole. Average Joe Patriot. Good to see you. He dropped some shades. He says, Happy New Year. One, two, three, one, two, three. Uh, and then Sean Joe, thank you very much for that cookie. Filter Dog One says, Miriam doesn't look any older than 30. Uh, and uh, tell me about the George Floyd casket. So the gold... Uh the gold-trimmed casket. Okay. What tell you? Well, there was, um, there was. Did you? Would you think that in the Rona, when everything is locked down, that they're going to have an open casket at, at one of these? Like, isn't that a big uh, spreader of COVID? Right, people? right. It's a health health so, advisory. So, after the fact, months later, or even a year later, they claimed that it was an open casket at one of the four funerals and there was one shot in Getty images. Uh, but whether that's real or not, I don't know. But so the government of the United States organized the funerals just like they would for me. <laughs> right. Oh, uh, so man. While, you know, while we, I had to bury an uncle via zoom that this guy got four funerals and it's in my book, um, you know, in length about the funerals and, I go into it. Yeah, I, we definitely spoke about it before. That's just it still shocks me that the uh, U.S. government I would love to see <clears throat> an accounting of all of the monies from the U.S. government that went into this, uh, you know, this scenario, you know, not only I mean, obviously, I don't know that we could ever get the full accounting of like the operation cost and stuff like that. But just how much money went to the Floyd family overall? Over all this time. And now that they've got their own foundation and they're opening real estate ventures all around the country, a hundred different low-income housing projects uh, in all 50 states. That says a lot. It really does. It's not a FEMA camp. And I wonder if they're they're also going to like Alaska and and Hawaii as well. Oh, my gosh. They could could provide housing in Lahaina. (laughs) (laughs) Lahaina. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't know that they'd let that happen. Anyways. All right. So, um, you guys, uh, thank you very much for uh, hanging out with us tonight. Thank you, as always, for the uh, uh, the great comments and the questions. Um, Miriam, what would you most like the audience to take away from tonight's conversation? That uh, not to believe your eyes and that if someone's giving you a narrative to question whether it's the all the truth and nothing but the truth so help me god and uh yeah i would invite people to join my substack to pre-order my book Uh, it's gonna be very juicy it's coming out in may 2024 and so i'm offering on i think i yeah i sent you the link for the book it is going to go up in price uh, I, I, you know, we don't know a 500 page book with color pictures right now. I'm offering it at a certain price, but I think this is going to be like gold 
and that I have a different attitude to not throw my my pearls to swine anymore. Um, so it's yeah, it's twenty twenty four New Year. So make it make it count. Get your house in order, and love one another. Be kind, and make the most of every single day because life is short. All right. Beautiful. I love it. Uh, I just passed Miriam's Substack out into the chats again. So, guys, definitely follow her. Uh, sign up as and a – And the link – sorry, the link to the book too. Oh, the link to the book is uh, – did you send that to me by email? Yes. Okay. Yes. Ho- hold on just a second. Let me actually right, pass you. that out before we end tonight. And uh, I just need to open up a notepad so that I can – I can also put it in the chat. Yes, that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Okay, there it is. The links. And let me grab all of them. I'm definitely going to read. The first thing I do get off is read this Conan daily. Uh, (laughs) It does look like it has some information. I look also at the date, December 2. And I'm also going to look at Abdel and look at this magazine. Yeah, tell us who he is. It's the Conan daily. Okay, so there is your give, send, go. That's for the production costs on the film, correct? Yes, I'm still trying to raise yes. the money for the. And then, um, but more so the book, if they want to get a book, um, and my Substack, which is the only place that I can really express myself. And, of course. Uh, okay, so which one of these is the link to the book? It says Miriam Hinane. Um you see it? I see MiriamHenane.substack.com. No, okay. I, I put it in an email I, afterwards by itself. Oh, oh, okay. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I Oh, I, no? I see it now. I see it now okay. because, yes, because uh, it was in a different email. That's why yes, I didn't see it. I apologize. It. Okay. I forgot. No, it's okay. All right. So there you go. And then also one final thank you to Fredo. He says, good night, all. Great show, Zach. Happy New Year. Buckle up. 2024 is going to be an effed up roller coaster ride. I recommend looking into Zach's new gun sponsor. (laughs) Peace. And Michelle Obama has a penis. Yes, she does. All right. Thank you, Miriam. As always, thank Thank you, everybody out there in the audience. Happy New Year. The next time we see each other, it's going to be 2024. So, yes, buckle up. Good luck. God bless. We'll see you soon. Okay.